Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoyed this week's message by Pastor Caleb Schaefer. Good morning. Uh, welcome if this is your first time visiting with us. I'd also like to uh, make a special welcome back to Lady Elizabeth, Deborah's daughter. Will you guys put your hands together? For all the visitors and Lady Elizabeth, welcome. So glad to see you. Uh, awesome, amazing, smiling face. We are in uh, Colossians, as Pastor Dwight talked about. And uh, just a quick review. Uh, last week, we opened in Colossians 1, and we see that Paul uh, focused on two main things. The first thing that he focused on uh, was confronting three false teachings that had penetrated the Colossian church. Uh, those three things were Jewish legalism, uh, Gnostic mysticism, and religious asceticism, which sounds like they're crazy confusing. Uh, but let me just kind of break down quickly. Jewish legalism was Jesus plus Judaism. That's pretty much what it was. It was, yeah, believe in Jesus, but still, you need to be circumcised. You need to follow all of the, the law of Moses, and you also need to celebrate all of the Old Testament festivals. Okay, the next one was Gnostic mysticism, which is actually something that's still alive today. It was Jesus plus secret, mysterious, deeper spiritual knowledge that was separate from Jesus and his teachings. Uh, they were basically promoting that Jesus is the beginning, but he's not the end, which defies scripture because Jesus himself says, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I'm not the beginning. I'm the beginning and the end. Everything that you need to know is found in me. Yeah. And the third was religious asceticism. And what this was, was Jesus plus extreme self-denial, self-discipline, self-hatred, and self-punishment. It was, uh, by the way, this is actually something that still exists today. Some religions like Hinduism and Buddhism still practice this, and in the Middle Ages... Uh, Catholicism also practiced it with the exercise of what is known as flagellation, where they would literally, not flagellation, <laughs> flagellation, don't get it twisted, but they, <laughs> but they would literally walk up and down and to show their spiritual depth, they would beat themselves and whip themselves. And how many of you are thankful? It is not by your stripes that you're healed. That's right. It is by his stripes that we are healed. There is no beating necessary. It's by his stripes, not your stripes. And so Paul's addressing this. And the second focus of Colossians 1 is directly tied into this. To counter these things that were coming into the church, Paul defends the sufficiency of Jesus as our Savior and the supremacy of Jesus as Lord. There is no higher authority than Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And not only that, but that Jesus was in fact God in the flesh. And so let's transition into Colossians chapter 2, but before we do that, let's pray. Join, your, join me, bow your heads, close your eyes. Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, your word gives us everything that we need for life and for godliness. And so God, as we read your word this morning, I pray that you would speak to us, show us what you want us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Okay, let's go into, what we're going to do is we're going to actually going to read through Colossians 2. And as we do that, I figured if all we do is just read through a chapter, that is totally enough. Amen. It's totally enough to read through God's word because we've seen that that's not necessarily the norm. There are sermons that are preached where no scripture is mentioned. How crazy is that? And so in verse 1, it says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf, and for those who are at Laodicea, and for all those who have not personally seen my face. You hear Paul's burden here. Paul sees and hears what's happening in, in, Colossia, in the church in Colossae, and he's like, if I was there, I know that I could set everything straight. But nevertheless, Paul is in prison in Rome, and so he has to just send a letter. Verse 2. Uh, personally see my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. In verse 3, tied directly to that, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is a good verse. Here, one of the things I want you to see is Paul is choosing the words that he's using on purpose because he's confronting these false teachings. And so here in verse 2 and verse 3, Paul, Paul once again uh, is confronting the Gnostics because they were all about secret mysterio, mystery, mystery knowledge that only a select few could have. And so he says, no, 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 no. Uh, everything you need to know about God is revealed in Jesus. This is God's mystery, Christ himself. And he uses the words that the Gnostics would use now to exalt the name of Jesus. And he's declaring that there is no greater secret mystery knowledge about God in the universe that is above the revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the supreme secret mystery to be revealed. In verse 4, he says, I say that, that's verses 2 and 3, so that no one will mislead you or deceive you with persuasive argument. Just a side note, persuasion or persuasiveness just does not mean it's ultimately true. Do you know that uh, fools can be persuasive? (laughs) Fools can be convincing. Uh, Fools can be confident in their foolishness. And that confidence can cause you to be deceived and believe that this is the right path. And he says, let no one, I'm telling you, focus on the mystery of Jesus Christ. Because if you just focus on that, you will not drift and be drifted and deceived by the persuasive arguments. And he goes on to say in Ephesians 4, he's actually tying, uh, this speaks directly to this. He said in verse 4, Ephesians 4, verses 17 and 18, he says, These types of con men, they walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. So we go on back to Colossians 2, verse 5, For even though I am absent in the body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit. Rejoicing to see your, by the way, you can be with someone in spirit. When Pastor Dwight is in Africa, we are with him in spirit because as you intercede, you are joined. There is no distance in the spirit. Therefore, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude, see to it that no one takes you captive 
through philosophy and empty deception, according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete. He is the head over all. This is about the supremacy of Jesus. He is the head over all rule and authority, and in him you are also circumcised. He's confronting Jewish legalism right now. No, 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 you don't need to do that because you are circumcised in the spirit. In him you are also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh. That's our sinful nature by the circumcision of Christ. That's the removal of Jesus' flesh through his death on the cross. His flesh being torn and ripped is our spiritual circumcision. In verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt. Do you know... That you, we all have a debt. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This is something that was very common practice at that time. In ancient times, when a debt was owed, uh, that was owed was paid in full, the one who was owed the debt would nail a cancellation of debt notice on the door of the household or business so that the one who owed the debt know that the debt had been paid in full. In the spirit realm, even though the death, the cross that Jesus has died on does not cease to, or ceases to exist in the material world, in the spiritual world, your debt has been nailed to his cross for all the spiritual realm to see. It's been paid. Paid in full. And when he disarmed, verse 15, the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, here's a transition in Paul's thoughts. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. And this, we're going to get to this next week. This scripture is so good. Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize. This is a metaphor for depriving you of your salvation. Every time you put your confidence in your works and what you can contribute to the state of your soul, you deprive yourself of your salvation. He says, let no one, that's why he said, let no one judge you regarding all these behaviors. Salvation is not about how you can cure your behavior and you can modify. Salvation is not about perpetual New Year's resolutions that you make to make you better. It's about what Jesus has done. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Not righteousness, peace, and joy in your holy behavior. Don't let anyone defraud you of the joy the prize of your salvation, which is not about your changes. It's about the transformation that happens organically and naturally in and through you as you let Jesus do what he already did. That prize is the gift of grace we are given when we put our faith in Jesus. 
And he goes on to say, let no one keep defrauding you of your price by delighting in self-abasement. This is religious asceticism right here. And the worship of angels. That's what the Gnostics said. You, no, 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 you don't worship Jesus, but you can actually worship angels. And the worship of the angels taking his stand on visions he has seen inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. And not holding fast to the head, that's Jesus, from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. Verse 20, if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you bind yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? which refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. And he ends with this final verse. Verse, these are matters which have to be sure, the appearance of wisdom. It's all a facade. Human philosophy is all a facade. Without and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. One main focus this morning at 11 a.m., because I wrote 10 additional pages on Colossians chapter 2, so we ought to go back next week. But here's the main focus today. The key to longevity and consistence in your relationship with Jesus, this is the most profound, revelatory thing that I'm about to say to you. The key to longevity and consistency, are you ready for it? I don't know if you're ready. Okay, if if you don't have your track shoes on, when I say this, if you don't have your track shoes on, tighten your shoes. I want everybody to get up, run a holy lap around the sanctuary (laughs) because I'm telling you, this is going to be transformation. This is life altering for you. The key to longevity and consistency in your relationship with Jesus is to keep it simple. We were going out on a date, Allison and I, with a couple, uh, some friends of ours that attend a different church, and we went out to eat, and um, this was the first time that I met the husband. I didn't really know him, and all he knew of me was that I was a pastor. And so we sat down to eat, and so Allison is talking to her, I'm talking to him. I love, actually, matter of fact, every time that I come, come across paths with him, I love talking to him, having conversations with him, uh, just about all sorts of things. So we start to get into theological things, we start to get into doctrinal things, and so he's like, he's like so where do you stand on this-ism, and this-ism, and this-ism? He's like, where do you stand on Armenianism? Where do you stand on Calvinism? Where do you stand on this? And he's like coming, he like, he's like interviewing me. Where do you stand on this and this? Because, you know, in our church we do this and this and this and this. And he finally got to, like, he finally got to all of the isms. And I said, I don't know what any of those isms mean. Can you explain, what do they mean? And it caught him off guard because he's like, you're a pastor? And you don't know all of these isms from seminary? And I said, let me just, let me, let me ask you this. Because, like, when I go to Cracker Barrel, I don't know the menu. I just, I don't know if you do this, but I'm like, here's what I want. Is that a thing? (laughs) 
just write down whatever you want on your thing. Let me tell you what I want and make that something. I just want a pancake and turkey sausage. Is that a thing? I don't know the memory. I don't have it all memorized. I told him, I said, just tell me what ism this is. I believe the whole Bible. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I love the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus and I love people. What ism is that? If it's Armenianism, cool. If it's, if it's Calvinism, cool. I don't care what ism it is. You tell me what that is. As Allison said, that is Bibleism. And we have any Bibleists in the room tonight, today? Keep it simple. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. Let no one draw you away from the simplicity that is in Christ. I love when I hear Deborah Fiesel in a message say, make it plain. Make it plain. She didn't say make it rain. She says, make it plain. What is she getting at? Don't overcomplicate what doesn't need to be complicated. Your relationship with Jesus does not need to be complicated. Let me take it a step further. Your relationship with Jesus isn't more spiritual or more significant or more deep if it is more complicated. Do we see this trend in the church? We have this tendency to overcomplicate what's supposed to be simple. There is a tendency in the human nature to overcomplicate what is so simple because we want to fully comprehend and wrap our heads around it. I need someone, Pastor Ray, come here. Give me a hug. (laughs) I need Pastor Ray to give me a hug real quick. You can sit down. Just like, you know, my love language is physical touch. I just, no. Do you notice that I didn't analyze the hug? It is organic. That's the relationship with Jesus. We don't assess and analyze this Christian life. Complicating Christianity is like analyzing a hug. It's not something you're supposed to just analyze and make complicated. You're supposed to just receive it and embrace it. Where do I put my hands? (laughs) Keep it simple. Leonardo da Vinci said this. He said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. This is the guy that was one of the first to invent how to fly. Let's make this simple for people. Simplicity is sophistication. And Paul mentions, here's the simplicity in Colossians 2. Therefore... As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now Paul said this because he knew the gospel that they had already received. Going back to Colossians 1, 3 through 6. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all of the world. Also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it had been doing in you also since the day you heard of it, 
and understood the grace of God in truth. Going back to Colossians 2.6, listen. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. The essence of what Paul is saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's simple. This gospel that you believed is already bearing fruit. It's already bearing fruit. Don't try to fix what ain't broke. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. Embrace it. Believe in it. Walk in what you first received. That's what Paul is saying here. Tiger Woods, between 1999 and 2002, had won 35% of PGA Tour events and 44% of the majors he attended. This was, of course, the greatest stretch of Woods' career and one that was unlikely to con uh, continue forever. But I want you to notice something, that in 2003, he felt the need to make changes. He was, it was already working. And in two years of just trying to tweak what didn't need to be adjusted in his prime, he lost two years where he did not win anything. Why? Because he failed to just keep it simple. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The gospel still works. It still works. It still works. What, what happened with him? In an attempt to enhance what was already working, he broke what was already fixed. And as a result of complicating what was simple and successful, he lost two years in his prime. In Africa in 2012, I shared this testimony with Jesse, how humbling it was to go and do ministry on the streets and the same hands that were laid on other people where I didn't see healing, automatically I started to see healing and I was humbled because I would walk away from these ministry moments and I'd be like, you know what? I did not read enough this morning. I did not pray enough this morning. By every, every uh, spiritual checklist that I would assemble in my mind of readiness, I was absolutely not ready. And I realized very quickly that it's actually simple. It's Jesus and not you. It is Jesus in you. That's it. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Walk with the one you received as Lord for a long time. Now, that is super simple, but why do we complicate that? Why don't we do that? Because there's a human tendency to overcomplicate things that are simple. Dave Ramsey is a, um, he's like a f Christian financial guru, and I listen to his podcast uh, a lot. And um, one of the things that he talks a lot about is this. One of the main principles to building wealth and enhancing your retirement is investing in the stock market with uh, mutual funds. And on this topic, he says, because this is so important, he says investing is simple. Investing is all about investing consistently for a long, long time. It's like the tortoise and the hare. 
slow and steady wins the race. And here's what's interesting, because as he talks about that, he says this. Though investing is simple, he notes that a lot of people, primarily young people, don't invest this way. And here's the conclusion that he has come to. The reason why they don't invest so simply is because simple isn't sexy. In other words, too simple is just boring. Can I tell you something? I want to be boring spiritually for the rest of my life. Because even though it's simple, doesn't mean it doesn't work. How many of you know that the principle is simple and boring, but it has a long track record of working? Just because it's perceived as boring doesn't mean that it doesn't work. See, in that whole market, now we have, like, you can get Robin Hood, and everybody that is young that has Robin Hood on their phone, don't worry, I did too. And y'all got, like, some single stocks, and you're like, I'm going to be a millionaire because I invest $5 in Dogecoin. And I'm telling you, it's only, it's only worth two cents right now, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's, it's all tomorrow. There is no get-rich-quick scheme in the spirit. It's about longevity, and it's about consistency. And it's about keeping it simple and not overcomplicating it. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. That is not spiritually sexy, but it works. It's not super spiritually deep. It's not uh, some profound revelation of God, but I'm telling you, if you just walk with Jesus day in and day out, there's going to be a spiritual compounding effect that is going to yield so much spiritual fruit in your life. This This is the crazy thing. If I did some sort of survey in the room, and this is not legalism, but this is just reality. If it had some sort of spiritual uh, uh, survey in the room where you were allowed to remain obvious, and I said, how many of you read your Bible every single day this week? The numbers would be all over the place. Why? Because there's something in us that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. But I want the deeper stuff. I want the more profound stuff. Yeah, I've heard that. Don't let familiarity breed contempt. Like, it's simple. Get the word of God in you. I love what Bill Johnson said. He said, I can't remember what I read yesterday, but I'm still spiritually alive. If I gave, if I said five days ago, what'd you eat for breakfast? You'd be like, I don't know. I don't remember. But you're still breathing. You're still alive. Some of us are like, we read the Bible and we're like, I read, I read 30 verses and I can't say I did, I got anything out of this. You are depositing in the spirit, in the well inside of you, that will be drawn from when you're dry later. It just happens. Listen, I don't read, I don't get these messages because I'm just reading Colossians 2 and I'm just studying it. There's something that I've experienced in my relationship with Jesus and in preaching. How do, I, how do I continue to try to get more and more material? It's because of the every single day consistency of depositing in the well that somehow it keeps my spirit connected to Jesus, in tune with Jesus, and somewhere else it manifests in another way. There's something, you have to understand this because I feel like the Lord dropped this in my spirit. In the spirit, A plus B does not equal C. There is not some sort of logic in the spirit realm. 
and we try to wrap our head around how all of this works. It's not super complicated. All I know is in Joel 2 when it said, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, young men will dream dreams, seeing visions. Acts 2 was the manifestation of Joel 2, but we don't see all of Joel 2 in Acts 2. What that tells me is A plus B does not equal C. So when I'm reading my Bible just consistently and feeding my spirit, I may have days on end where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of this. But two weeks, out of, two weeks later, it will yield some sort of spiritual fruit that I, if I'm not wise enough, I won't even realize they're connected. Right. Simple. Receive Christ Jesus the Lord, also so walk in him. The other day I was having a conversation with a friend of mine uh, a couple of Friday ago, Fridays ago, and I said, the older I get the more I just want things not to be complicated. Especially in 2022, things are just way more complicated. Every day is complex and complicated. Let me tell you how complicated it is. I went to get gas in my car and air in my tires, and there was just a sign on the Kroger gas station that was like, oh, we decided to close early today. What? So now I have to drive all the way down to Speedway and if you've ever like been on the um, filling up your air in your tires tour around Columbus, you know it's like the McDonald's ice cream machines. You drive up like, is it going to work? And so, I, yeah, yeah. But anyways, the whole point is like I'm getting there and I'm just like, and Alson was like, where were you? You went to get like three, because you know now, like we, we don't, some of y'all may fill your tank all the way up, not this guy. I'm a gallon a day, man shall not live on bread alone. I'm, I'm a gallon a day in faith. I got to incrementally do this thing. So I'm like, I'm gonna, I told Allison, I said, can I go just put like three gallons of gas in the, tr in the van? And fill up the air because if I don't fill up those tires, I'm not going to get all the miles per gallon because i got to be efficient these days. But that five-minute thing turned into 45 minutes. She was like, where were you, Dwight? <laughs> it's too complicated. It's too complex. I said, the older I get, I just want stuff. I want, I want as much in my life to be simple as possible. I can't make everything uh, uh, simple, but I want as much as possible. I just want to be known as someone that for a long time loves Jesus well and loves people well. That is it. Let me just make that my epitaph. He loved people well and he loved Jesus well. That's all I want. Let's keep it simple. Make it plain. <laughs> so how do we simply, the, the message translation of this same scripture is this. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what, with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the master, now live with him. You're deeply rooted in him. You are well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now just do what you've been taught. I love that. And you know, Paul in another, he said you're con well constructed upon him. I think we'll talk about this later. But um, like next week, but there's another scripture, I think it's Corinthians, where he says, let no one lay another foundation other than what has been laid, which is Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Yes. You're well constructed upon him. 
how do you grow in your faith with Jesus? How do you walk this thing out? John 15 talks about it. And this is Jesus. The key to longevity and consistency in your relationship with Jesus is this. Verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's simple. How do you walk with him? You remain connected. That's it. How do you grow? You remain connected. Here's the simple way of doing that. Do your best to be consistently connected to and dependent on Jesus. How do you walk with him? That. Now, the reason why I wore my shirt is because this sums up my mantra. Loving God and loving Jesus. It was so funny because I was like, am I going to wear this today? Is Pastor Dwight going to look at me weird? (laughs) People are going to look at me weird. But I had a prophetic word. I kind of like, you ever use prophetic words to justify behavior? (laughs) I had a prophetic word that said people would come into our midst and I would break a religious spirit on them. So I figured if I'm the pastor speaking wearing a t-shirt, hopefully something will be broken somewhere. (laughs) Keep it simple. Love God. Love Jesus for a really long time. This is why Paul said what he said in verse 19 of Colossians 2. How do you walk with him? Where does your fruit, your growth, and your development as a follower of Jesus come from? Hold fast to the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. The key to longevity and consistency in your relationship with Jesus is to keep it simple. Now watch this shocker. Will you stand with me? What? (laughs) I got more, but it would would go to 2 p.m. It'd be too much. John 15, 4, in that, that same scripture, in the message translation says, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the fine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I'm the vine, you are the branches, When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship is intimate and organic. And the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Um, I'm going to close with this story. Allison, I love Allison, and here's how you know, because I hate hate outside work and landscaping. (laughs) I hate it. I'm the type of person that doesn't like uh, things just thrown on me. And so I kind of like to know what's coming. And so Allison was like, you know, it's like you ever have a a conversation with your spouse that's not like, it's not one of those things where you just roll over and go to bed. You're like, 
are you serious? You just dropped that on me right now? It was like watching Seinfeld or something, and I'm like two minutes in, and it's time for me to roll over. And it's like, oh, by the way, tomorrow I just want to do like a major overhaul in the front landscape. <laughs> Good night. So now I'm not tired. I'm fuming, checking my blood pressure. So anyways, so, but give me some time, and then I'll agree. And uh, so we end up, we're doing some landscaping stuff, and there was a, uh, we had a massively garden, large garden bed, and so we cut part of it, we tilled it out, we planted uh, grass seed and stuff like that. And you know, it's crazy, like the other day, I was going out there, because this, I've like become an old man. It just creeps up on you. I get it. I understand it now. Like, I love to get up in the morning, super early, make my coffee, go outside, and check how, how high the grass is growing. <laughs> Never in my, you was funny. That's what Dwight was doing this morning. I pull into the parking lot. Alice, <laughs> Dwight is just out on the side like. And I pull in and Alice, and I, Alice is like, what is he doing? So I pull over and he gets back in his SUV and he's like, yeah, we had like a weed and feed in the yard. And so I was just, you know, checking. We've got a major clover problem. So I'm just. <laughs> so evidently, this is what you do. So now, like, I get excited to get up to see how high the grass has grown. You know, it's crazy. I went out there and heard a sound that I had never heard before. Get out there. I'm looking at all the plants that we we uh, planted and all the grass that we seeded and everything, and I heard this large symphony of, and it was all of the plants and grass struggling to grow. That's not how you live your relationship with Jesus. Those grow because they just get watered. Your relationship with Jesus will grow and develop and mature by just getting watered. It's not about striving. I didn't go out there and heard this like daisy, like, I need to blossom today. (laughs) So I'm talking to the plants. What's wrong, little buddy? It's been five weeks and I haven't bloomed. It's intimate and it's organic. You remain connected to what, <laughs> never mind. I had a side story, but I'll just end. Close in prayer. <laughs> Keep it simple. And another thing, our second closing, I'm kidding. Close your, just kidding. Just wanted to, you know, yikes. Father, we just thank you. If you felt like you have overcomplicated this thing with Jesus, <laughs> this time is right now for you. Just lift your hands up and just receive. God, help us to keep it simple. Help us to not put effort and striving into the things that don't bear any fruit. Help us to abide in you, keep it simple, keep it intimate and organic. Help us to be watered by your word and to trust 
that you are building us, you are growing us, you are enriching us, you are maturing us. It's not us, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so God, I just pray that we would rest in the simplicity of believing in Jesus. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, your Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him by being connected and abiding. Help us to be a church that is deep because we're simple. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, make it plain. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.